Enter the crib. Your strike back sit rep starts in three, two, one. Wait, do we go on zero? Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today's guest is someone I think you've heard every single person who's been on the podcast for Warrior for two seasons has said, oh my God, you have to talk to Brett Chan. <laughs> so we are finally talking to Brett Chan today. Stunt and fight coordinator for Warrior is finally our guest today. Welcome, Brett. Howdy, howdy. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh my God. We're so excited. Well, I hope I can uh, fulfill that excitement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm sure you will. Everybody, literally, it's like the two, the, it's always, well, that was Jonathan Tropper or yeah, that was Brett Chan. Those are like the two answers. So many of the questions we asked were like, oh my God, how did this amazing fight come up? And they're like, oh no, that was just Brett. Like that has nothing to do with me. Ask Brett. We're like, okay, okay. So like the list of like, so basically every fight. Yes. Just ask Brett about it. Okay, cool. Um, so we're very excited. And I just wanted to, to point out to everybody that like, you are like in almost every show that I feel like is on TV right now or has been on TV. You are dealing with stunts like Warrior, Marco Polo, Shazam, Altered Carbon, Van Helsing, Eye Zombie, Iron Fist, Supergirl, 100. No piercer. No, like, yes, no piercer, Nacho Libre. Like, you're like involved with everything, which is crazy. I don't know how you have time to do it. Amazing. Okay. I'm very fortunate and blessed. So, I guess, can you just start off maybe telling us how you got involved doing stunts and then moving to being a stunt director in the first place? I really didn't know. Uh, like, I mean, I started watching, uh, there was a show a long time ago and it had like a dual show. So every other week it changed. So one week it was, it was Banishing Sun. The other week was, uh, was Hercules. So it was Russell, Russell Wong one week and his troubled little brother, Melvin James. And then the next week was Hercules. And I was thinking, man, this is really cool. And I was living in Ontario at the time. So this is really cool. I'm just watching this stuff and I have no idea. <clears throat> and then I uh, picked up and moved to Vancouver. One day I just sold my car and, uh, and I just, I was in Vancouver with my luggage. I didn't know anybody. Well, I wanted to move somewhere. And, and so I moved somewhere in Canada where the, the healthcare was still free and they spoke English. <laughs> so Vancouver was, was a place and I didn't have to deal with snow, um, <clears throat> the humid summers or the allergies. Ontario is really bad for allergies or hay fever. I was sitting there and I was there. And you know, and I started working at the nightclubs and I was going, I was doing my pre-meds, um, getting to, I was gonna get into medicine. Um, I do my human kinetics and my kinese and, and then I was gonna get my, I was doing my pre-meds again to, to do uh, medicine. And I actually didn't like the medicine program that much. I didn't necessarily like the, the Western philosophy. I mean, medicine, is, it's great for what it is that, you know, you need it, but every time you talk to them, they wanna either give you a prescription or they wanna cut you open. Mm -hmm. it's, it's always those things. So. Uh, then I got into the physio. I was like, ah, hum, ho, hum. But so I'm a registered massage therapist. Well, I was sports rehab massage therapy, which is, it was good for healing and, and all that kind of thing. So I was going to open up a gym and, and teach martial arts there and also be a massage therapist, have a, have a clinic there. But then I was working at a, at a nightclub as a bouncer and I met this girl <clears throat> and she said to me one day, hey, I have my own talent agency now. Would you like to be in it? And I was like, uh, yeah. Sure, why not? Okay. She had me commercial. I got a commercial. It's called Karate Fighters. And I was the tattoo terror. And I looked at my check and I was like, whoa, why am I not doing this? 
And then next thing you know, I was, uh, I finished school, uh, but then I, I got into Ninja Turtles, met some guys that were working in Ninja Turtles and they got me on there as the TV series. And um, after that, um, I was sitting in, in my trailer one day, <clears throat> looking at the call sheet, and I'm getting beaten up by Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on Andromeda. He had watched on Hercules. Right. It was like, I, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was kind of surreal. Um, so which is really kind of cool. And that's what kind of got me in that direction. So, you know, as a stunt performer, you have a progression. <clears throat> First of all, you got to get into stunts, which is like hard on its own. Um, getting coordinators to know you, trust you, versatile your, your training, um, getting to the union. And then from their point, if you have the aptitude for it, then you go into coordinating. Coordinating, you know, performers, you come and you just train all day and to do the performance and to be cool. Get all, tell the, all the ladies you're a stuntman and they all, they all love it. But as a stunt coordinator, um, you have to look at things in a broader scale. Mm -hmm. So once you get to that point, and a lot, a lot of guys, they just want to be a stunt coordinator. They love that. And so a lot of guys just love to be performers. Canada's performers are one of the highest paid performers in the world. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the way the system works, how they get paid. Um, and the coordinators, Canadian coordinators, are probably one of the lower ones. Wow. Which is weird because they take all the responsibility. I was just going to say, yeah, you have all the responsibility. That feels like it doesn't scale well. <laughs> well, the way Canada works is they get a buyout. So let's say, Kelsey, you're going to work as a performer. Uh, you get this rate. And then at the end of the day, depending if it's a feature, a TV or, t or movie of the week, then you get like a buyout. So if it's a feature, you get your, your rate and you, you times that by 130%. That's your check today. So... You know, whereas in the U.S., it works on uh, residuals. How many times it's aired, how many um, <clears throat> boosters are in it, how many SAG players are on it, um, you know, and how much it makes kind of thing. So they get that based off of, of that. So <clears throat> on a daily basis, the Canadian performers are making so much more. Okay. So as a coordinator, you either, <clears throat> you become like really big, you can make your own rates, or you, uh, you can progress into like uh, second directing which is generally what a lot of stunt coordinators do, they get into second directing. Um, in Asia, it's more termed as like action unit director or anywhere else in the world, really. Mm -hmm. So you have that moment there and then you get to directing if you like, depending which way your, your career takes you. Uh, so I, mine takes me naturally into, into second directing. I like that, so it's, it's what I like to do. And I'm, I'm going to directing now. So I've, I'm contracted to direct three films. Oh, wow. It all just depends on, on your aptitude as a person when how you see things. Because the three of us could go in exactly the same way. We'll get to the same level, each level. But you know, maybe maybe Kelsey, you might be more technical. So you'll stay on that on the stunt coordinating and and you'll just kind of do the rigging and, and you know fight choreography or whatever it is. And then maybe Deborah you get into, well, you know, second directing. It's like you want to be able to direct the moment, but you're not really trying to get to that next level. Because for me, directing actors is scarier. Than, than getting hit by a car or getting hit <laughs> by work, you know? Yeah. Right, so. Having been a stage manager, I'm so with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my end game is really directing. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm going towards now. And and Lonnie, Lonnie has been, a, and everyone from Warrior, I mean, they've all been like such great, great people to foster and, and help me, uh, my skills. And my team is great. Um, so, and you know, you got guys like Johnny Yang is my right hand and he's just like, he's right there with me and he supports me every way. And, you know, so it, it's really good. It, the important thing is to have people, good people around you. 
I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had that down to ask you about that you've done so much second unit directing. I mean, your, your resume is just packed with second unit directing. So that was the, the natural next question was, are you wanting to move into directing? And then having talked with everybody on the show, they said, ask him about moving into directing because <laughs> I think they were all really excited for you doing that. So I don't know if you can talk about the projects that you have coming up. Yeah, yeah of course, of course, definitely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> season two has, has an opening for that for a warrior. Uh, but because of a, the time change went from this much time to this much time to get the same amount of episodes and the same amount of uh, a time, but more action. So they're like, okay, well, um, I was supposed to, Jonathan, you know, they kind of talked about me directing one of the episodes, uh, six when Dustin did. Um, oh. We just kind of jumbled in there. But they said like, well, who can do your job then? I was like, because <laughs> uh, at one point we were shooting episodes seven, eight, nine, ten all at the same time. Yeah. And so uh, it like yeah, it was it was intense. But we had such a great team and such a great crew. So I'm seeing 20 hour days, 21 hour days for me and, and Johnny and the boys. But yeah. Um, but it was good. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, so then they said season three, you know, and then obviously they you know, it's always where the cookie yeah. crumbles. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're still we're hopeful. hopeful. Yeah, and it's amazing because finally, now that it's on HBO Max, like people in my real life are actually watching it, and they're going like, "Oh my God, this show that like you you know you heard about, and we're finally watching it." And everybody's binging it, and they're like loving it. So I'm hoping, you know, it it seems to be doing well. So yeah. in the last smart. couple weeks, HBO Max has actually started promoting it, which has to mean it's doing well. Yeah. So hopefully, it's weird. you're hearing voices. It. Yeah. It's like, but why wouldn't you guys continue? But even just to do one last season, I mean, the followers are coming to HBO, but I know it's a whole political thing. So, you know, nothing you can really do about that. And, you know, they're developing CW, HBO, well, CW, same company, they're developing Kung Fu, hmm. which I was doing. So, um, which okay. was kind of like Kung Fu was supposed to be Warrior, mm -hmm. right? when Bruce Lee had pitched right. it in the 70s right. yeah. and then you know things went blah 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 and then yeah. now they made Kung Fu with David Carradine and then you know uh so now they made Warrior but now they're making Kung Fu again and I didn't even think about it too they're like uh you know because Dean Jagger told me he goes so you're doing the show that's kind of the nemesis to where I'm like oh, well, when you think about it that way I, I didn't even think about it that way but yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah I didn't, no, I didn't even realize that. Although, like, I mean, it's CW versus, like, Cinemax style. I figured it should be different enough. You know, it's very, yeah. uh, well, it's interesting. So can you tell us what, what you, projects, you said you're, you're directing three films coming up, right? Yeah, so one of them we have money for, but we need more. And the other two, one of them is still kind of, okay, so do you guys, did you guys watch a movie, or a movie called The Revenger with Bruce Kahn out of Korea? Was no, I, think I feel like I've heard of it. Now. No, but I will write it down. Yes. Okay. So Netflix, anyways. Uh, Bruce Kahn uh, and H.M. Uh, Lee is the producer. And Bruce Kahn was was the was the um, lead. He's a fantastic martial artist. Like you should see this guy. He's a, he's an incredible martial artist. Anyways, he did Revenger, and now they're doing Tai Con, which is part two. Oh, so okay. um, they well, it's kind of like part two, but I think it's post apocalyptic anyway. So they kind of contacted me to, to come on board and direct uh, that. Um, 
there's a movie called 16. It's about a, uh, okay, so it's like a, a Yakuza. Okay, so anyways, way back, way back in the days, like, I mean, if you notice that the, like the, the native Indians uh, of Canada or in, in, in America, they kind of resemble Asian. There's a lot of similarities and the folklore, let's say the Yukon, Yukon Northwest Territory uh, native Indians, their uh, folklore is almost similar, very similar to Japan, Japanese. Okay. The Japanese were actually the first ones to come over. Um, and so that's kind of how it's happened. So there's this guy who's, who's entwined with uh, Yakuza, uh, Yakuza as one of their killers. And he, he does some kind of ceremony to get in, inducted into the Yakuza. And it's similar. And one of his confidants is, is a native Indian uh, lady. So anyways, she kind of tells him what happens. He tries to get out of it. They turn on him, they, they kill him. And he, this, this one superstition, this folklore is, allows the, the, the spirit to have revenge. <clears throat> However, okay. there are ties to it. He has like uh, the the body of that he inhabits. Basically, will after one day, will go after he falls asleep, will, will go away. So he has literally that time. So he inhabits the sixteen year old boy, who just happens to be friends with the daughter of the yakuza who had done to him. However, the boy actually has like some kind of uh, affinity to her, but now that he's inhabited the soul then he, he has to understand what he does, uh, what affects the child's life after he leaves. Uh, oh, wow. That's so that interesting. Gonna... Okay. Yeah. Wow. That so was my he, question he, was, is, so does the 16-year-old die when he leaves or is he left no, with the consequences? No. Yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Potentially. So he's, and you know, during the course of the film, it's like, you know, what he does is how it's affecting the kid's parents and now it's affecting his friends. So what's he going to do? Does he just just do the do the deed and all of a sudden he just he doesn't care but he has a conscience obviously and so things have to take a little bit of a little bit of a turn and how he can execute his revenge and another one is called fox hunt and it happens about uh this is to be shot in thailand and there's two two assassins basically who basically given up and they're they just want to have a life of their own because she's pregnant and uh she goes off there was a hit on them by their boss and the guy's killed and she's on the run now She's basically trying to take off, and uh, but then she tries to turn around and says, you know, kind of screw this. I'm gonna find out who who was this and and see what's going on with uh, with uh, with the death of her of her uh, lover. And, and it turns out that two of their best friends were the ones that are doing the hit, and so she has to deal with them. And one gets developed a conscience because it's her best friend, so then she ends up having to deal with him and her, and then her her boyfriend's the other one. And you know, the story just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, those sound cool. We'll keep an eye out for those then. Thank you. Nothing yeah, sucks thanks. worse as with a hitman with a conscience, man. <laughs> right? Damn that conscience. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, I saw on your IMDb real quick there, um, what is your, are you, did you do stunt work or, or stunt coordinating for Sniper's Assassin, Sniper Assassin's End? So Kari Andrews is the director and he he's an illustrator for... Uh, Iron Fist. Okay. So I did Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. um, every time I hear that, I get PTSD though. Uh, <laughs> if, if you'd like to hear about that, I'll let you know. It's, we'll talk about that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I was a, I was the the stunt coordinator for yeah. Okay. So uh, kind of second director, but I mean it's it's kind of like didn't really much time. I didn't get credit for it, but I mean uh, yeah, I mean it was so run and gun. And he asked me as a favor to come on board because it wasn't a, a very big budget. Uh, but for what we for what we had and the time we had, it was 
I mean, the fight scene in the forest, we did it in like less, like, like it was like an hour and a, an hour and a half. Oh, my uh, amazing. It was insane. So, okay. uh, and for what they got, you know, I, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the shaky cam, the, but the director, uh -huh. he like shaky cam a lot of things because they, they felt that he needed that, that motion because it was so, it was so fastly shot that, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I did that one. Okay. So I, I asked. I asked because, um, so I've inter interviewed uh, Chad Michael Collins a couple of times. He's like a super yes. nice guy. And I know, like, so I just was curious uh, your association with that. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah. He's and, like and, sort of like unnervingly nice. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he plays, okay, he's the face of Call of Duty, right? Mm. Warzone. So <clears throat> I actually play with him sometimes. And, <laughs> and when we play sometimes, you know, there's all these fans of these streams while he's playing. Right. right. And there's like, you know, like 100, 100, 100 followers watching it and they're typing as, as we're playing. They're, you know, they're typing and they're all girls. Yes. And they're all like, and while we're playing, he's typing, they're, 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 they're posting a pictures of him and his abs and him and his doing this oh and it's working out and all sorts of things. I'm like, oh my God, Chad. Uh, oh. Chad, uh, you know, but they're all really nice, nice girls. I mean, they're just, they're just real big fans of his. They, yeah. they think he's beautiful. <laughs> he is. He's he is. He and he's very good with his fans. Like he's very sweet. Like takes the time, oh. and I think that's like what draws people to him. So I was just curious about that. But we should probably talk about like actual warrior. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's another one coming out called Traffic Control, which is with okay. Chad. And okay. I, I was supposed to jump on it, but I can't do it for them now because I'm I'm in Budapest on on Halo. Oh, it's estrogen. Oh, that's cool. That's just, mm -hmm. you know, a small name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just another little indie film like Jason going off and doing that fast and furious, whatever that is, you know. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So let's talk about then Warrior. So in the beginning, as you, so one of the things that I have been curious about, we've asked people and I'm not always sure we get like, an expounded answer but i think you it's probably because you're the person to ask is as they are casting actors everybody's fight style is so very specific to their personality on the show um and one of the things we've talked about is you know like lee young is like he's like very like grounded and and sort of like methodical and steady and like sort of like this very confident whereas like Assam is like like less his confidence is more like cocky so he's like very quick and fast and like these sort of like flashy Emotional. kind of moves and stuff and so i guess i'm wondering like as you're building these how the process works with like are they cast looking for a specific ability for that fighting style or do they come and then the, the fighting style gets shaped around them and how that then works with like the writer's room and that kind of thing does that make sense like which comes yeah. first, the chicken or the egg? You know. Yeah. Um. Well, here. Um. <clears throat> hopefully, I can make um, make it make sense. They, Jonathan. Jonathan's a martial artist uh, as well. He's he's an avid martial artist, and you should see him go on with the nunchucks. He's really good with nunchucks. Really? Um, oh wow! Yeah, okay. I, I was surprised, and he, he showed up to the, the the training room one day. It's all nunchucks. He picks up. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! That was that was crazy. Um, <laughs> And you see pictures of him. He goes, yeah, he's in all these pictures of nunchucks, and he was a big Bruce Lee fan. Um, but he, what he does is he likes to write a lot of the uh, action he puts in there. 
And uh, I'll say to him, so do I need to stick by this? Word for word. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, no, Brett, just, I just like to write it, but I know that you're going to come up with other things just depending as the story evolves. So you can uh, just do what you got to do. And then just, I just keep my story points in there. I'm like, okay, great. So like everyone that comes on board, not everyone's a martial artist. Like, like Jason Tobin wasn't a martial artist when he first came in. He'd done some martial arts when he was younger, but he, he wasn't. Uh, Andrew Koji was a martial artist, but like five years ago, and <clears throat> it was a really specific. Dean, Dean Jagger had done some MMA, but he wasn't like, like he, he, didn't, he didn't train it like 24 seven, but he's, mm-hmm. he's very, very, you know, able and capable. Like Chen, uh, Chen Tang, he, he wasn't a martial artist at all. We, we developed a system for him and a movement style for him with the type of weapon that we we're kind of developed for him. So uh, Rich Ting, he was a Taekwondo guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia, I trained her uh, in, in Kung Fu Wushu on Marco Polo. Okay. So she, okay. She was a gymnast. She wasn't a martial artist. Right. Kieran was a national level fencer right. uh, in Europe. So he can, he can definitely move, right? But everyone else, like Tom Weston Jones and Diane, they were just gung-ho. They just, they worked hard. They weren't martial artists, but they, they came to the gym every day with us. They trained like every day they weren't on set. Uh, sometimes they would come train, then go to set and come back and train again. Hoon. Uh, Hoon was like, you know, crazy because he, he's a fantastic um, athlete. Um, he picks up things so fast, but he doesn't have any action. Right. I mean, like, he, right. he doesn't do anything specifically. Um, so I had to literally beat these guys out of the gym because they just wouldn't leave. But when I, <laughs> to get back to your question, <laughs> um, basically, they, they, they write the story out. And so what I'll do is I'll take the story and I said, okay, well, uh, I'll grab the actor and I'll talk to him about, about where he wants to take his character. I said, okay, great. Because ultimately it's their character and I want them to feel that it's them developing it as well and not just me choreographing stuff. Because then you start, but you do it that way, then <clears throat> fights just play fights. Like just a fight to fight to fight. I mean, right. if there's no story to it, there's no different style to it. It's right. just, yeah. it, it's like, it's a fight. Okay, it's a cool fight, but it's just a fight. But, you know, as opposed to, man, that was Joe fighting Andrew. I mean, you can right. tell. So the way I developed it was like Andrew was emotionally driven. So he was very quick and fast and he just, just, he just drives by emotion. Uh, Joe's more calculated until his breaking point, but Andrew worked on quickness, bam, 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 flash. Right. Uh, Jason was all just, we, we taught him how to use knives. And then after season one, uh, I sent him to these QCQ guys, which are close combat uh, fighters in, in Hong Kong, where he trained uh, a lot of close combat fighting with them <clears throat> afterward because he was so invigorated by it. And he had a martial arts background. Um, Rich Ting. Now, when you think of Bolo, what do you think about Bolo? Like when you hear the name, hey, Bolo Young. I guess I think big. It's <laughs> 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 like, like big, you know, right? like and that fierce. pit fight, you know, like, yeah. Like, so Bolo, um, the way I developed it with him was because he'd come back from, um, from China, you know, it was a whole, an old style of martial arts, which is a very rough, a hungar, uh, very rough style. It wasn't very fancy, fluidy. It was just very rough. So every time he hit you, it broke something. Mm-hmm. Every time he grabbed you, you don't want him to grab you because, it, 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 you know, he'll break something. <clears throat> um, and same with Joe. Joe was also more about hitting points and using force to throw because Joe's background is judo. Right, right. Very good at that. So, the idea of developing the, the the fight would always change depending on where they were emotionally. Um, <clears throat> like 
Andrew would be so much more emotional driven when he was fighting Bolo in that fight. And it wasn't, you know, such a big dice. So as opposed to him fighting those five guys who in, in, in the, in the, in the Hopway house, mm -hmm. just, just to test it's, it's different the way he was going to move. And you can see that it's mostly charged differently. So we can take each character and let's say Kelsey and Deborah, me, you, and the three of us, we all trained with the same instructor. We all did the same training, the same time. We all execute all the moves the same. However, because I'm bigger, so I would move this punch a little bit differently how Deborah would or Kelsey would, even though it's the exact same technique. So that was the idea that you kind of get behind everybody. Then I just give them their emotional charge, depending on where they are. You know, um, you know, Bolo comes out, he's the yellow demon. He doesn't like he doesn't like to be that that past, but that's him. And young Jr. always reminds him of that. <clears throat> um, so when he fights, he's, he's always he gets like the Tasmanian devil. It's it's just a whirlwind of, of breaking stuff, you know. Um, when he gets to that moment, it's it's no, it's no, like uh, yeah 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 it's yeah right away it's right. you know go kind of thing, uh, where a Joe's very calm and and he'll hurt you as he goes mm -hmm. and he'll enjoy it all, <clears throat> where Andrew just like emotional. Like, rah, 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 you know, uh, kind of same thing with, with, but his, his emotions say Tom, uh, calm the whole thing where Jason, he just wants to stab everybody. <laughs> exactly. Which we love him for. Oh, you stab, you know, it's just like <laughs> those different, uh, those differentness. And, you know, Olivia, obviously, you know, she's just calm, cool, collective. She's, she has her sword. So, you know, she's, yeah. I'll just cut your arm off. And, and it's it's like zero emotion to her. She's very stoic about it. Yeah. Uh, Which all changed this season. This season too. Yeah. 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 So I'm not sure if that answered your question or not. So I do take it the characters. <clears throat> then I develop the style to their personalities and the stature of their bodies. So that if I can <clears throat> put a, a white piece of paper in front of the camera here right now and I have these two guys fight, <clears throat> you'll know exactly. Oh, that's Young Jun. Oh, that's uh, Asam. And not just two people fighting. Oh, that's just two people fighting. You'll right. know. I think. I think by doing that, it gets my uh, audience emotionally invested in the fights mm -hmm. because they're traveling along these lines with the with the characters and the story. Is so I mean, it's so brutally truthful how it was back in the day. So when people see that, they're kind of either disgusted or intrigued by it because we were actually like this back then. Well, how different are we today? But you know, they're following a the line. They're they're feeling a song or they're feeling the anger of. Of, of you know Joe from from watching Diane turn into like Zing it's just like you know <clears throat> those kind of moments like when he notices her that she's she said the exact same thing you know uh, be grateful for your pain it means you're still alive and you know Joe noticed like and that pissed him off you know oh yeah so you know he he went and set up uh, Zing but that's so that's kind of the way I'm doing it I think that kind of answered your question no absolutely. oh my god I could talk about this forever from this yeah, point of view because this is exactly how I feel when I'm watching the show is no, this is I'm how watching, I look I'm at it Deborah right now and Deborah's like this the whole time she's like, yeah. right into it. She's right into it. <laughs> no it is and it's what makes it different it makes it more than action I think that's what's so frustrating is trying to explain to people about the show and I think the advertising for the first season, I don't, even we didn't really know what to expect because it looked mm -hmm. like, okay, it's going to be just like Bruce Lee. It's going to be a lot of fighting. And then you realize like, oh, this is like great, like plot and fighting and all the 
the fighting is part of the plot. It's not just fighting to fight, and it's exactly. not just flashy. It's like it's beautiful to watch. Um, you know, it's so it's incredible. I think it it really it comes through. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I mean that's that's my goal. As an audience who don't like, you can kind of come in to episode eight and see how they're fighting in that moment, the clash in episode eight, episode a series, episode uh, season one when they clash. You know, just the the movement of what Jason's doing, how he's killing, and, and why it's so much more different when he was like in episode six when they there at the casino. Right. You know. Uh, in episode two, when he was like at the docks, he was just having fun. He's just a, he's just a sadistic jerk, you know. Mm-hmm. But in episode six, he was he was angry because you know what they did to his father, almost blowing him up. So, <clears throat> and I try and change the movements for each. Like you know, I'm not gonna stab you like this. I'm gonna stab you like this kind of thing uh, because I'm just really angry now, as opposed to I'm just doing this because I enjoy it. Um, kind of an idea, right? Essentially. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very animated. I'm my hands. When we're reviewing shows or when we're talking about this with, with friends, this is what we want them to feel. Like, do you not, how do you not see this? How do you not see that subtlety? You know, but okay. For you, it's just a fight. For me, it's like, this is my life exposed. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, People do. They might not realize they do, I yeah. think, is a thing. And that's why people gravitate to it. because, And that's why people don't gravitate to, like, shit. Because they're like, meh. Yeah, it's you know. a fight. And plus, you know what? You guys are so much more, like, our audience are so much more uh, savvy now. Because the CG and the wire, there's no wires in the show. There's, like, yeah. zero wires. Season two, I have, like, one wire. That's when, that's when live. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Otherwise, we really have no wire work. I try and create it all from like skill and realism so it's grounded. Mm-hmm. If I do, do use wire, it's just for heightened a little bit like I did a Marco Polo and only with like 100 eyes because he used, he floats <clears throat> essentially. But um, uh, you know, it just, I hate watching shows where they just kind of do moves just because it's cool. <clears throat> or when you watch two people who are from completely different places and they come and they fight, but they both move exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that? And that's just boring now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Kelsey and I just had this conversation that it's so difficult to find something to watch on television right now because they're just, you know, you know we, we spent eight years watching Strike Back, which rarely used CGI, you know, didn't, it was real, you know, the stunts were real. And then moving right into Warrior, where the stunts are real, the fights are real. You know, they're they're not just CGIing a bucket of blood at you. They're really doing the work, and it's just it's in, almost impossible to find anything that lives up to that. Being able to watch that and enjoy that and appreciate the immense amount of work that goes into that and the attention to detail, you know, you just don't get that on. I don't even know what the hell's out there anymore because I don't watch anything anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, you have to really look for stuff that that can potentially live up to it. Yes. Yeah. And Cinemax had it. Had it. It was really yeah. Good. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's what we've mourned so much because Cinemax did. They had this. This. They just did action different than everybody else. 
and mm -hmm. um and you know and that's sad but that's where we keep praying for more warrior and i want to talk about a specific fight the one that sort of lives in my head um which would come as no surprise to anybody who's listened to this would be one that involves joe taslam <laughs> um season two episode five uh the zing you know his fight with zing and the incredible moves in that and so i guess if you could maybe talk through how that specific fight how, you know how you choreographed it how you that how that happened because i think it's incredible well you know um from the stairs or from right with just zing and 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 yeah, the stairs is cool. But like, when, you know, when he does the like little flip and he comes around, like, I mean, the, it's just, I have like not even the right word to describe how cool it is. I'm like, they did a thing and then they went like this and I'm like trying to, I'm like, my hands are just folding stuff. I look like I'm making paper mache. I don't know. And then he adjusted his button. <laughs> yeah. Just dripping with cold. <laughs> um. That was, I mean, you got like a look, take you got a hint of the actors because they did 90, 98% of it. You know, um, <clears throat> they really put the time in. They come in every day, they train, train it, they train it with their doubles, and they train it with each other. I don't put them together at first because you just don't know where they're going to go first. I, I have to get them used to their doubles first, and then, mm -hmm. then they can go together when it's safe. <clears throat> Although they're both really good and they're very, very conscientious of, of safety for each other. Very. Um, Joe was dream to work with and Dustin same. I mean, the way we put it together was just, you know, it goes from the, from the words when, 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 you know, when Zing says to him, um, you know, when I, after I kill you, no, after I beat you, I'm going to find Mei Ling and cut a hole in her heart. I don't know. After I fuck her, I'm going to cut a hole yeah. in her heart, I'll eat her heart and piss in the hole. I mean, Joe, I mean, he, he, he's not very verbal. He doesn't say much, but yeah. what he does say is, fuck you. And right. that was like, because he never says that. Right. For him to actually vocalize that, that's like, whoa, you, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be swearing on this thing, but, you know, you, oh, you know, no, you're, you're just like, you can say whatever you want. It's the Cinemax <laughs> podcast. We say fuck all the time. You're good. <laughs> you motherfucker. This is what I'm <laughs> This is, you know, that that induced every emotion. So I really go over the scripts first and I read it. I read the dialogue and I, I got to see where the characters are because I'm involved in the whole process. So, um, and Jonathan Chopper has been really gracious about that. He's been, he gives me a lot of creative control over a lot of things. Uh, and Lonnie, I mean, Lonnie is one of my biggest supporters. So, you know, after season one, he's like, dude, you should be directing. Like, I'm like, you know, yeah, uh, I would love to. Uh, but they, he really gives me that. And he just comes back and they give me little points, tweak this, tweak this, and he, he goes but and in. So the way I choreograph is based on how each character is. So I'll talk with them about, so what's going on? Like, let's talk what's happening here. And, and they, they kind of they tell me, because I've already given them their style and how I kind of want them to look like when they're fighting. Obviously, they have their little pizzazz too mm -hmm. because they, they're, they're experienced. But Dustin is, you know, he's a martial artist as well. Um, so, and then I'll put that in. <clears throat> And then I'll go to the set and I'll look around. Okay, this is kind of we're doing this. Okay, well, they won't have the set fully built yet. But me going back to my rehearsal space, I'll tape out the whole area. I'll put boxes everywhere, great <clears throat> boxes everywhere to, to build the room. And then, so when we shoot it, I'll shoot it like it's like the room. And then I can tell them, so what's going to
could go here. What's going to go here? So this, this, okay, great. Then I can start adding that into the actual fight. And once I start doing that, <clears throat> then it becomes more real. And then once I get to the actual set with everything that's there, then we can, we can start like, you know, massaging it a bit by all these bookshelves are here. Okay, great. I can smash with this because oh, this happened here. Like, oh, the bed, I can use a railing to kick off and throw him over. I can, <clears throat> but that's got to be all motivated by how they're feeling. And, you know, <clears throat> and then, you know, it's, it's satisfying for Joe. And he finally says to him, he goes, be grateful for your pain. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> he says it to, to Dustin. Yeah. And Dustin is like, oh, Leo, <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> right? While yeah. he's picking up those shards of, of right. pottery. Yeah, pottery. Um, and and the that's scariest, like, voice ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was so good. And he's, he's not at this point. He's, he's not even thinking. But first, he figures he can kick, he can kick Joe's ass. He doesn't need to right. be dirty. He's no problem. But at this point, because, okay, I need to get dirty. Right. Right. Um, but then it changes even more when he sees the sword. Uh-huh. Because then he gets kicked in the thing. And look at the sword. What the, what the, this is, what? And that's when he realizes, and his motivation changes. If you, I don't know if you notice him, how he throws it. Yeah. He gets to that point. He gets, gets that much more like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, cut you in half kind of thing. Um, and so that's what we try and build it. But then our actors are so fantastic, and they they actually bring that to life even more. But usually, if you see me on Facebook, anyways, you see I've been I've been shooting a lot of uh, side by side uh, uh, previses into what's shot of the day. So it's my previs, and then what was actually shot. Okay. And side by side, they're all identical. And so I've been posting that on like a Facebook or a social media, so people can see how we're shooting this because. Rarely does it ever really happen like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but Jonathan said, no, we got to shoot like this because, I mean, the, the fights are huge. Right. And we, we generally have like one day mostly to shoot this up. But I mean, that sequence, stairs, um, the back room when Joe first takes his mush ass off, um, the, the police attack and the, uh, the police attack. And then the, <clears throat> the Zing fight uh, with, with Leong, uh, I think we had like, I think I had two days to shoot all mine. And wow. Lonnie had, I think, a four, three or four. That's amazing. And one of the days, you know, we were shoot, we, he was shooting the ending and I was shooting the other part over here. Hmm. At the same time, we were, when we were together, like in the same location, just literally separated by a doorway. Okay, cut, okay, go. All right, Lonnie's going to the way. Okay, shit. Come next, get go, go. And you know, it was like it was insane. Insane. Karen mentioned that at one point that you know, while that was being filmed, we were literally downstairs filming our part, and you know, that it just yeah. It's I don't know if people really realize how fast that is compared to a feature film, which yeah. would have spent weeks filming that. Weeks. Yeah, I was thinking about and it wouldn't when, have been as good. Yeah, I was thinking about when Jason was like comparing it to Fast and Furious, and he's like, he will say like, "What's up, dude?" And they're like, "Okay, we retake that thirty times." What's up, dude? What's up, dude? Hey, what's, what's up, up, dude? dude? <laughs> what's up, dude? Uh, what's up, dude? And what's up, yeah. dude? What's up, dude? Yeah. What's up, dude? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jason's fight um, in the episode nine in in the laundry. In the laundry mat. I mean, we had. <sighs> I think three, three and a half hours, uh, maybe oh four God. hours. Like that. So we, we, you know, Johnny and depending who's, I have two guys, Johnny Yang and Jason Ning, who are both part of my team. 
Hits International. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay. You know, he did this previous, he's in this previous, and or or Steve, Steve Davis shooting other previous, one of my uh, the members. And you know, I got this fight, this fight, this fight. So I gotta choreograph this one, choreograph that one, choreograph this one, this one. And then I choreographed them all, got to just massage it, and then I need this angle, this angle, this angle, I need this, 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 and they start shooting. So we're shooting the previs all once. And then I gotta go to meetings, then I gotta run set, then I gotta come back. They're shooting these previs. Okay, we're over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. <clears throat> and we're probably going because at one point we're shooting seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? Yeah. I'm shooting uh Mei Ling's attack on eight while I'm still choreographing, you know, nine and ten and setting up, you know, the, the big raid and I'll setting up, you know, it's so and I've got guys going crazy. Uh, we're just going nuts. Yeah. Just and some we have like, episodes. You know. have a couple days, couple days to do this. A couple days. What but you know. Yeah. Just some small fights. <laughs> no big deal. Just a raid, so, just like a big fight here, just a big fight here. Wiping out this entire town. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we can, and I'm, I'm having to reuse guys. So I got to right. like this guy, yeah. hey, Stu, uh, change your hat and your, your vest and then come over here. And then, hey, uh, France, <laughs> France, France, go over there, change your shoes, change your jacket. And uh, yeah, 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 just stick your hair back. Okay, great. And we're, you're, it's so fast, you're not going to see them when they're yeah. traveling and getting right. killed. So. Well, and that was a question I, I wanted to ask you because there are so many fights yeah. in a season. And in this season, not only did we have just all the regular sort of massive fights that we get, but we also had that tournament where you had not just a lot of fights, but a lot of very different styles of fighting mm-hmm. that you had to find more fighters for. So, you know, how on earth it's, you know, in Strike Back, they just stick a a scarf over someone's face and this guy could you know die 50 times in a season yeah you can't necessarily do that on warrior because yeah. we always see their faces so you can do some yeah. disguises but at some point you've run out of ways you can make someone look and still because there's always going to be someone like me or kelsey who's gonna who's gonna but see you didn't did you guys see any familiar faces in, in, in the in the actual tournament fight that you've seen before in the, in the series Oh, not uh, me. I, I don't notice any of that. I'm I, terrible I, at saw, that. I recognize people from <laughs> other series that I've definitely seen before, but oh, you like, know, there's a, yeah. a lot of people from Strike Back that are working on Warrior, so there are people that I was like, yeah. oh, there's, yeah. There's a, lot, there's a lot of that. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like super ADHD and like have memory issues anyways, and so Deb's always like, did you notice the thing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yes, yep, totally did, totally did. Nope. Not at all. Because <laughs> I think I had one, two, three, I had like three different fighters in the tournament who were seen before. Featured scene, but you didn't notice. Oh. Um, and then, and, but you'll see them all in the whole series. Anyways, in the big battle raid, they're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, South Africa, it, it's, it's a gem of a society. Uh, they have some of the best crews that I've worked with. I mean, but they only have a small amount of crews. So their stunt guys are the same. It, <clears throat> they've done some stuff, but they're not like super experienced. So a lot of the time it's us training them. But some of the guys that you have are like mint. They're so good. But the rest of them need to be trained up. So, but I think after the shows, they're all coming there now because of tax credit and also things. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty good. But I, I loved it there. Um, the people are, were awesome. The crews were great. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it there. Yeah, South Africa's really at a cool place in terms of film and movie production right now, or television production. They're, they're like just 
getting their confidence and just, you know, there's, you can see it in their own television shows have improved so yeah. much. And, you know, and, and a lot of that is learning from the international productions that came on the scene and they're like poised right now to just start kicking ass. With they're also very, they're very proud of their work because mm -hmm. um, some places like let's say US or Canada or wherever it is, who have a lot of film all the time. So they're kind of like, oh yeah, it's another job. Oh yeah, it's another job. No, no, here it doesn't happen like that. So right. they're so proud of it. And their, their people, their crews are being pulled all over the world. They're gonna Halo right now. Art, the ADs, some of the best ADs I've had, I've worked with like Dale Butler. Oh my God, Nadia Brand, like uh, their, their props. Um, um, their military advisor, stunt coordinator, one of them, is, he's there. Like it's some of like the best uh, South African crews are here and they're on the other show that's here too. There's Jack Ryan's happening here too. And then mm -hmm. they're also on the Marvel shows here. So they're being pulled everywhere because they're, they're fantastic. So I wanted to ask you, you know, we've, we've kind of talked a lot about the enormity of these scenes and, you know, how difficult it is and that everybody has different needs and, you brought up earlier that you know you had to often kick the actors out of the gym because not only do you have all of this going on in terms of filming and coordinating and, and choreographing but you've also got the gym end of things going on every day and that was one of the things that that people brought up was that you know they loved being in the gym and they loved the atmosphere that you created and that i, I I can't remember if it was Lonnie or Jonathan who said that you're the person and we heard yeah, it from actors Lonnie. as well. Yeah, I think yeah, that you're the, the person yeah. who sets the tone for the whole show. Well, so what is it that you're doing in your gym <laughs> that's different from other productions? Because it is so, I mean, we saw it with Strike Back that, you know, that the cast and crew were tight, but man, Warrior just brought that to another level in terms of how I tight really that cast all. is. <laughs> I root you them up. <laughs> no, um, like the way the way I see it, like I go away on a show, I'm I'm gone for six months, and um, six seven months, whatever it is, whatever whoever's there, you can be there three months, two months, whatever. But you're away. At the end of the day, you really want to enjoy the people around you, what you're doing. Um, if you don't, then what what is it all for? It's like so I can make a movie. Who cares? If that's shitty, if that's good. No one's really gonna remember it though. But what you remember is the time you spent and the people you spent with. Like my group, Hits International, I mean, they're all some performers, sports masters, second directors from around the world. You don't, to, to get in there, it's not even necessarily about being the best because they're all really good. They're all super fantastic what they do, but it's more about the person. You have to be good people. Like I don't want you to treat this PA like shit because they're a PA and then the producer because they're a producer. No, you gotta treat them the same. Same as, um, with everything I do so that um, when you're there, we're a family. So what I do is I create a gym and for actors, obviously they have big needs for their diets and how they have to train and move. And so, you know, we set up a, a chef for them who, who cuts up and, and proportion sizes them for their protein and the carbs, depending on what they can eat, what they can eat and to help them maintain muscle or whatever it is. And, and I have them shakes made for them all the time <clears throat> after the training. Cause the training's intense. Mm -hmm. So, but um, they all come and uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a big training facility for everybody. So we'll have like, like a Marco Polo, we had like a hundred, a hundred people in the morning coming in an hour and a half to two hours before their work just to come train. 
with us. We have like big CrossFit sessions, like a hundred people. So here's the same thing. We, we basically train, everyone comes in, they get their asses beaten up, <coughs> training with me for, for an hour and a half, two hours, but they love it. And by the end of the day, they're all like high-fiving each other because they've all been in the trenches together, you know? Yeah. And, and it just creates a bond because you have, I got like, and let's say, um, I have like, you know, three languages, four languages, and some of them don't speak any English. You know, they speak Russian, they speak Chinese, they speak Japanese or Korean, whatever it is. By week two, they're all laughing, telling jokes to each other in their languages to each other. So it's like, how are you? But it's because now they've, they've developed this, this, this thing and they've made lifelong friends afterwards. So when the cast come in, it doesn't matter if you're cast, you can be cast. I have the drivers come in. I have the PAs coming in. I have the producers come training with us and, and they just train with us and they love it. Then after we train for an hour and a half to two hours, uh, because there's so many of us, there's all these drills we got to do. Then, you know, we train martial arts. And because of people that are on the team are all different martial artists from different things. So we'll train different martial arts every day. And basic stuff, just for them to learn and, and be enjoy it and learn something new. And, you know, they can be, like, not good, but they'll, they're picking it up. And by the end of the show, they'll be doing something really cool with it. Um, but every Wednesday, one day a week, is just the stunt department only. And we do, let's say, I have like 20 guys there and each guy has a different specialty in their skill. Okay. What are we doing? Taekwondo, kickboxing, savat, uh, karate, whatever it is, b-boy dancing, hip hop, whatever. And we'll pick every night beforehand, we'll pick, we'll put everyone's skills in a, in a big pot, but pick two out. And then the next day, that's what we'll train. So they're learning something new. So it'd be like Taekwondo and, and, and hip hop dancing. And so, you know, <laughs> you walk in our gym and everyone's doing hip hop, you know, MC Hammer dancing and they're also throwing <laughs> kicks. Like, What's going on here? But it's, it's just fun. And the cast just, you know, they, they became one with everyone. Uh, but then everyone else is coming in too. So you have like our office uh, ladies or you'll have some of our drivers that come in and train with us and then they become one. So they, it becomes a, a language they all, they all speak together, even whether it's English or not. And so, and that's what they loved. They love that it's a safe haven. They can come anytime. Sometimes I'm really busy. I got to kick them out, but like Hoon would be like, just let me stay in the, I'll just stay in the corner here. I'll just do some punching here. Hoon, get out. No, no, I, I just want to stay in the corner. Do some kicking. Hoon, you've been here six hours already. Go home. And, you know, but you just love it. And that's yeah. how all the cast were. Uh, Diane, Olivia, Andrew, Joe, Dustin. I mean, they, they, just, they just loved it. Kieran, Kieran loved it. Celine and Marie Elena, Perry, yeah, yeah, I couldn't get Perry out of there either. He was there every day. And it's good because they all come, like, you know, most of the Chinese guys, they come in there, they, they just want to sit around and have cigarettes and smoke in the, in the corner, right? But they're not used to this training. Wow. Most people are, are they're not used to training. But after week two, if I'm not doing a training session, they're upset because they're, <laughs> well, now they're all like, they're all like muscular, they all got six packs, they're all like doing really good and stuff. So, and now it, they, they love it. After so, two weeks, um, can you come to my house? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, after two weeks of them training, they're used to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and they're loving it. So, and that's, it's just a family thing. So it, it, you have to be, uh, if, if you're going to come on my team and you're going to come play with us, you can't be an ass. Yeah. No assholes. Then Olivia Wilde just did that, right? She just said no, no asshole policy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No asshole policy. 
If you're an asshole, you're going to cause problems. Get out of here. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good you think you are. I don't care who you think your daddy is. I, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> you're out. I don't, I don't want you in there. And I want you playing with us. Yeah. I love that. Growing up, my, my dad was a teacher and a coach and a um, elementary school principal. You know, he did everything at a small school. And I remember when I was really little going into school with him one weekend and he started talking to a guy um, in, in the hallway and I was like, come on, I thought we were going to play basketball, you know? And, you know, he just kept talking to this guy. And finally, when he was done, I'm like, well, who was that? And he, he goes, that was the most important person in the building. I was like, oh, and he didn't, wouldn't say anything else. And like an hour later, I went to use the restroom and the guy was mopping the floors. He was the custodian. And my dad's like, that's the most important person here. So I love that everybody being equal. Yeah, totally. And that's totally true. They take care of you. Yeah. They take care of this whole facility. Things you take for granted, can't. So, you know, when our, 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 our caretaker's birthday, we could buy our cake. It just everyone's, every single happy birthday. It didn't matter what time it took out of the day. You always make that time for everybody. And they loved it. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh. And it shines through. And I wish that that was like always the policy. Because definitely, I mean, we've heard stories from other, you know, shows and productions where some, just one person can, can throw everything off. And then it's just like this sort of toxic undercurrent you know, that, that can cause so many problems and affect so many different people. And, and I love that. And that's one thing that we have heard from so many people talking about this show and, and the family and, and like, you know, people cast coming in, you know, when they don't have anything to shoot just to like watch the others working. And they talk so much about, yeah, like, you know, Brett built this gym and everybody just wanted to be there all the time. And, and like, people weren't just like, oh, I'll do my thing. And then I'm like, gonna go home because you wanted to be there with everybody, which is, I mean, when you're with someone all the time anyways, to want to be there with them more, <laughs> it's like pretty significant. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know, they would come in before, they would come in before their shooting, they come and train, just trying to, uh, you know, a training session and they would go shoot. Then they come afterwards, they just hang out, hang out for a while and then they go home. Then they come back again. <clears throat> they go back to city, they would get dressed and do whatever, and they come back again and they just hang out. And it's like an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. We had such a, we're so blessed with the cast and the producers and the team, uh, production team. We were just really blessed. I mean, Jonathan Chopper was fantastic. And the writers, you know, Brad Kane and you had like Josh Stoddard and Ken, Kenneth Lynn. You had like Evan. You had like, it was just <clears throat> the directors were mostly all really cool. It, you love <laughs> Lonnie. Well, I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, he, was, he was such an awesome, uh, just to, to sit, listen to him, why he would do this. You know, I sometimes I look at some of his shots and I'd be like, there's a shot. Who is in the police station office, right? Okay. And he's sitting at the police station desk waiting for Big Bill to walk in. And the shot's following Big Bill coming in. Okay, he's following, he's walking in, you know, big, being Big Bill and take him to the room. <clears throat> oh, there's uh, some Chinaman at the table for you. He's like, oh, okay, great. Oh. What does he want now? And he, we follow him and goes in. And then the shot picks up, him, him sitting down and him looking at, at, at Bill as he's coming around and it pulls back and it shoots the camera angle be between like a thin pull, a pi pipe and the, and the edge of the wall. And you're shooting through the corner here 
and you're just seeing who just standing there, starting a conversation with Bill, just standing up, looking down. I'm like, what? How would you think of putting a camera there? I just, you know, like that was genius. I thought that thought was fantastic. So I'm like, like he goes, oh, I don't know. I was just, I got in the room and I just kind of walked around. Like, and it's such a tight little, it's like this big, but he angled it just enough just so you can see Boone and his reaction to Bill while they were talking. Mm -hmm. It was such a great shot. I mean, Lonnie did a lot of, like I wasn't on a show at Blue Books. I was just visiting him on set here in Vancouver. And um, the shot of a, a wife and a, an officer walking down this hallway, plain gray hallway, boring. They're watching it. And the way it's lit, you know, you see them kind of school, they're walking. <clears throat> He goes, okay, I want to do it again. And then he, he shot it again. And then when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I kind of felt, I felt something, some kind of emotion induced in me. I'm like, what the hell is that? What'd you do? Like the exact same shot. <laughs> he just changed the frame rate. And, and he, he went from 24 to 23, which gave it a little bit of blur. Uh -huh. And all it did was to her features, create emotion that triggered it in me. And I was like, because the, the scene was she was going to go see her husband who was in jail or something like that, or, or infirmary. But because, you know, that, that backstory, but I was just looking, I'm like, what, what the hell did you just do there? I just completely felt that. And, and so we talked about and stuff like that. It was just awesome. Like little things, you, you as a person or audience, or you, you just won't even know these things. It just, but, you know, Lonnie does. And so, and he's, he's such a visual person, you know, though it, uh, um, his effect so yeah I mean but it was just it was great he was he was great to talk yeah, to we loved talking so to interesting so kind and so like passionate I mean he was talking about the uh Hoon about um his the dot like his daughter and like the the doll and like started like like he was like almost crying just like talking about it we were both like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we love you yeah I remember that scene I, I remember that scene Boone was a little upset because he felt like that Lonnie was kind of taking away uh, certain moments for him that he wanted to impact the daughter. <clears throat> but but Lonnie's reasoning was was kind of cool. He says, you know, I didn't want it to be about that moment. I wanted to, I wanted to distract from all that moment so that you just had that that moment there as opposed to, you know, being outside and having that long moment with the mother and doing this. No no no. It was all about creating the mood around it, which then gave you that Zen moment in between. I was like, so what else? Actually, was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Cool. and it was so much more realistic because in real life you're not going to have that long drawn yeah. out moment. It's just going to be cut and dry like that, you know. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good. And who, 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 who afterwards says, uh, "Yeah, you know, I like that you're right." <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> who, who, who is awesome. I don't know. Have you guys talked to who? We uh -huh. did. He was brilliant, and we we loved talking to him. We I laughed so much. We were talking to. When we were talking to Diane, I was saying, so when we, you know, I'm editing these afterwards, and when I pulled up, like, his, and I get all the, and I was like, oh, no, like, something's wrong, because, you know, normal, it's like, you know, it's like jumping all over, and his was just, like, this very, like, oh, yeah, uh, his voice is just so, so beautiful and steady, just, like, the whole time, and I was like, oh, it's just him, like, I've never <laughs> edited anybody who has just had this, like, steadiness that, like, it was incredible. Yeah, his voice is as is awesome. Yeah. So when you edit mine, it's gonna be like tones of like little girl screams to like. <laughs> I'm like all over the place. My hands are everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that's what we're used to. It's fine. <laughs> Some of yeah. us are very animated. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're almost at an hour now, and I actually want to um, 
ask you, so one of the things, and I don't know why we haven't done this on Warrior, one of the things we always like to ask during Strike Back was because Cinemax shoots so differently, it's this very sort of like long kind of marathon shot. Uh, uh, you know, shoot six months, you're away from family, but it's like great, but it's also like really hard because you're away. One of the things we always like to ask is like your sort of high and your low for shooting the season. And I'm wondering if you could share that with us before we wrap up. Season two? Yes. Or season one or the whole thing. Well, I don't know, but the highs were being able to work and being creative uh, because Jonathan gave me a lot of creative control when it came to the fights, and and so we we put the fights, but we'd also put I would, I'll shoot the, the drama within the fights, um, which he let me do, which I thought was awesome. I mean, there's moments you know that directors would, would take those other moments, but the fact that he let me play with that, I mean, that was just like that was fantastic, and and I just felt so alive when I was able to do that, um, and talking to like people like like you know the people who were encouraging me to direct, uh, Boom definitely. He says these things that just like makes me think. And hey, what are you doing there? When you make me think about stuff, what's going on? <laughs> so it was the lows, lows, the lows, the lows, the lows, the lows. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking maybe um, there was, you know, I don't want to. There was just certain directors were, were fantastic, and there's just certain directors who just weren't on the program. Like come, something out in left field that they were fighting against. So that this just you don't understand, you guys. Like, this is, yeah, you're the director, but, you know, these characters, <clears throat> these people, they've been on this journey. They're living, breathing, eating, crapping their character. You know, you're a director coming on board. You can give them a motivation of what, where the scene's going to go to. Let them take it there. But, or you, there's some, there, there, there's a director, or director, some directors who basically want to micromanage how each character goes there. And it's out of character for some of them. Yeah. Uh, so that was really defeating because at that point it becomes about ego. Right. And you got to understand the process and they should understand the process. They, should, they shouldn't have to, uh, to, to try and do that over people. You are the director, you're, you're the leader, you're, you're, you're running the ship, but you know, utilize your people and what they're doing well, because right. we're all right. here for the same reason, right? Yeah. We're all here for the show to be fantastic. We're not here to make your show just to be fantastic. It's like right. a whole comedy thing. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, but everything else was pretty fantastic. Yeah, and you're you're coming into a a beast that already exists, and you need to form. You know, you need to work yeah. yourself into that, not expect yeah. the beast to change, because all of a sudden you're here for two episodes or one episode. You, yeah, you would be surprised. Be <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> have i guess like such a good support system though with like jonathan tropper and everybody kind of understanding that and hopefully sometimes able to push back on that yeah it, was yeah. there anything while filming uh, about filming warrior that surprised you along the way it surprised me how patient i was after working 20 hours a day <laughs> <laughs> because you know we we'd shoot it um and then it would go to the editors. However, um, it would go to one of the editors. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you this, but we have an editor in South Africa too, who takes all the action piece that we shoot already. Mm -hmm. And she kind of puts it all together for us because editors, they know what they're doing obviously because they're putting it together. However, if you're an editor who hasn't read the script 
who was not there when we're shooting it, who doesn't know the characters and the motivation of why we're doing these things, and they just kind of put things together, it, it a lot of times it, it wrecks things. Um, yeah. So for the action piece, at least, and all the drama around the action, you know, they would uh, they would let me edit it. So my editors oh, go, wow. we edit it all. And so they know what it looks like. So when it goes to the other editors, um, wherever they were shooting them, and they came back, like, it was like, you know, completely backwards. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And because there was a few times in season one that, like, the editors were like, no, 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 there's no, they don't have these shots, they don't have these shots, they don't have these shots. And, like, uh, we send them our version. And they go, we have these shots. They're like, oh. <laughs> so I'm just now, when I shoot it, I just wanted to shoot it exactly like the previous. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't give the editors a chance to put other shots in there. Uh, okay, yeah. Right. Kind of thing. You're like, we're trying to build a story, not just, yeah, edit out a fight or whatever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Again, that, that, that view of action is just, you know, sterile movement and, yeah. and that it isn't, you know, really, if you're going to edit action, you have to understand action <laughs> and appreciate that's, it. That's kind of the thing. Uh, some directors <clears throat> who, who don't understand it, I mean, we're we're hired on for a reason. We have we've been hired on for because we are this is what we this is what we do, this is what we're good at. Mm -hmm. you, you direct, but we do this 24-7. So trust us. Mm -hmm. Trust us to use your story points, trust us to do this, but don't you know, you don't have to think you know about all everything. I can do all this, I can do that, I can do this. You, you you can, but you can't. Right. We're, there are directors that I, I refuse to work with. Like there was a director on season one of The Witcher where I worked with them on Marco Polo and, and they, you know, m one of my producers was going to do the show and he asked me if I want to come to the show with them. I said, well, who's the showrunner director? He said, it's this person. I'm like, yeah, no. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just huge. No, I don't care. I said, I, I, I'll, I'll go work on a little TV show back home. Yeah. I don't care. I don't I'm not going to work with this guy because he's just not a very nice guy. And you know, he's, it's one of the things like you, you just have to understand, like, I'm here for you. One time, uh, did you guys watch Marco Polo? Yeah. I have not. Hundred Eyes? That would be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, Marco Polo, he's the Sifu. He's, he's the blind Sifu. They did an episode to, of his origin, uh, which is before, uh, it's separate from Marco Polo 1 and 2. Anyways, this fight, let me tell you, was, uh, I think over 200, 200 beats. We're in Budapest. It's 120 degrees outside. He's wearing a wool long coat right, outfit. Yeah. And I'd asked him, hey, uh, just out of curiosity, how do, you know, because I wasn't second directing on this one, uh, how, how, how do you plan to shoot this? Because the previs has this, this, this. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use the Russian box. Now, do you two know what the Russian box is? Uh -uh. Okay. Well, neither did I. But I, <laughs> I, I I, I, what I said was, oh, okay, cool. And I walked away. And I thought about it. I said, man, I feel like an idiot. I don't, I don't know what the Russian box is. So I called him for coffee. And we, we sat down for coffee. And so let's say this is the set, okay? Okay. Russian box was, he's going to shoot it. Three cameras here. One, one sh she's going to shoot with the camera here. Shoot the camera here. Shoot the camera here. So it's three times. Then they do the whole fight again. Here, camera, here, camera, here, camera, here, here, camera, here, camera, here, here, like so. Okay, so coming at it from every three cameras coming do from every it. single angle three times, which is like it turns out to be like like 48 times. Yeah, this yeah. actor, Tom Lu, has to do this whole fight and this 
I go, are you oh kidding me? Oh my God, yeah. that's just like hours sweating. Yeah. And even if he wasn't wearing all that. That's still, still a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then we got into it a bit on the fight. And then Michelle Yao and, and him were fighting in, in the forest uh, on a slanted hill, you know, and grassy. And like, this fight was 184 beats. Like my stunt doubles couldn't do it full on. Wow. But he was doing the same concept again. And Michelle Yao was so angry. You know, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Michelle. I just, yeah. John Fusco, yeah. uh, the producer, just finally said to me, I said to him, I said, you're not going to get this fight. He goes, what do you mean? I said, we're, we have two nights to do this fight. You're already done the first night and we're not even halfway through because, you know, numb nuts is over it's there. It's crazy. Just shooting, like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he said, okay, just take it over. I'm like, okay. So after I had to take it over, yeah, we just didn't get along. <laughs> Every time because he was mad. He was mad yeah. at me. Because I said, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, why do they don't look good, Brad? I mean, I said, uh, Michelle is fifty-four years old. Yeah, she's a fantastic martial artist. She picks yeah. up like this. She's so good. I mean, my stunt doubles who are like half her age can't do it. Can't do like, that. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. And their outfits on the uh, just like you know, um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That, so that's another story. And then yeah, yeah then the Iron Fist was another story. And, uh, oh, that's right. You did mention getting PTSD from Iron Fist. Oh my goodness! And are we keeping you too long? No, I'm, we can I'm talk very, about this all day. I'm very, I'm very interested in that. For four hours, no problem. <laughs> no, Iron Fist was a was a show with Marvel, and I mean, it was Iron Fist. It, it's like you know, he's supposed to be the the best martial artist, you know, in the world. So they, they cast this guy. Um, I mean, no love lost between me and him anyway. So just, <clears throat> you know, at the same time. Who's day, not a great fighter and never looked like a great <laughs> fighter on screen. <laughs> or actor, yeah. really. I mean, you, like, I, I, don't, I don't come on a show to make friends with the actors. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I like to have a relationship with them because it gives, builds trust and, and like, but I, I don't, day, I, don't, I don't need to go home and be able to call them on the weekend. Say, hey, what's you doing? What's, what's happening? They yeah. go hang out. I don't really care about that kind of stuff. Although I love the fact that in Warrior, we're also close that way. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm in touch with pretty much most of them. Like we talk all the time. Me, Joe, uh, and Dean. Like we have a chat. We talk like daily, you know. And they talk daily. And and Diana, Olivia. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's anyways. Um, but this, this. I mean, this guy. He just. He didn't want to learn martial arts. He didn't want to train. He didn't want to like work out. He wanted to train. Do you not realize what you signed up for? Like you signed up to be the the martial artist of the world. Like he, why did you take the job then? He just wanted a stunt double. He wanted he just wanted to come and look pretty and stunt double. Mm -hmm. like, oh, and so and, you know. But Jessica Hennick, Colleen Wynn came on. You saw her. She had no martial arts background, but she trained four hours a day, no matter what. And so did. Sasha Dewan, he, you know, his only physical activity is he did tap dance when he was five years old for a couple months. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. But he trained four hours a day. He would come before and he'd come after and he would just train. So when you see those scenes where you see him going, bomb, and, and then he'd be like, he looked like this, but then the you know, Iron Fist would look like this. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was pretty brutal. So, and <clears throat> I mean, it, the, the directors were kind of like the same thing. They didn't really, there was Kevin Tancheran who let me, you know, did the sword fight with the two ladies, which which I second directed that one. And the, and the drunken Kung Fu, Kung Fu fight, which I did, uh, which I thought looked, were, looked really good. 
a lot of things like the the the, the ring fights were I thought were were okay um, because I I shot those. But I mean, a lot of them you just kind of look at it like, oh man, this is like, or the forty man fight. It, no, no, nothing I could do about about the Iron Fist because the whole time he looked like this. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the fan reaction as well. It was like we had like Daredevil, and it was like these like pretty cool like fight scenes and stuff. And you're like, cool. And then Iron Fist came out and everybody was like, what the fuck what is the this heck? guy doing? He's like, <laughs> like he's he's not a yeah. fighter. He's a guy who happens to have a superpower. And that's it. Yeah. But uh, well, Daredevil, I mean, his his double, uh, Charlie was, was was really good. He trained a lot and he did things. But his double did, did, did pretty much yeah. everything. Like, I'm assuming it was the double doing that one, like, hallway long shot where he, like, comes in and out. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. All of them. So I mean, it was a double. But I mean, but Charlie, he he would go and train. He would he would go. The fact that he can even do stuff, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but his 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 mar his fighting was based off a lot of martial art tricking, anyway. So you know, but you know, Iron Fist was very specific to style and how it was moving. So what do you do? And that's like this kung fu. You know, uh, they call me and says, "Okay, what can we do to make her look like you know she's." She's been training like the guys from Warrior. I said, well, I need someone with a little martial arts experience and about uh, give me like two months training with him. I said, okay, great. Here's this girl who has no martial arts and you have five days. We're like, what? <laughs> but, but her name is Olivia. She is fantastic. She's, okay. a, a, she's the next dancer. She picks up like this. So she landed. So she knows how to move. Yeah. She knows how to move. And she picks up choreo really well. She's so good, and she has a fantastic attitude. Like the the kung fu cast, they're all like this too. They're very gelled, uh, and it's really good. My, the sun team over there, I had to leave the sun team over there to to come over here to Budapest, but um, they're yeah, they're they're great. And so she lands. She goes, okay, well, by the time it works out, we have I have five days to train you. She's like, no, we have two weeks here. You know, you have five days with me, but I want to train seven days a week. I said, okay. So she came in and she trained. Seven days a week, she'd go to hair, come back, train. She'd go to makeup, come back to train. She'd go to coffee, come back to train. The wreath, come back, and she would just, she would just train. She just, and she's she's really good. She's actually really good. And so I was so proud of her, and she was fantastic. And she had zero martial arts as well. But it's just that 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 yeah, you got to see that. I mean, Iron Fist, uh, Colleen Wing, Jessica Hennig, and the best thing about the show was her. Yeah. And she had zero martial arts, and she looked fantastic. She did absolutely. Now oh, she, just, awesome. she just finished the meeting. Wow. So I wanted to ask you, getting back to, to Warrior, I wanted to ask you about episode eight of season two and the assault on on Chinatown. Nine. Nine, yeah, sorry. Because that's an enormous amount of fight choreography. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's just so frenetic. Uh, several of the actors said that you were like right there with the camera going through these shots. Can you... Just talk a little bit more about how you put all that together. You know, I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> I know it's been a while. <laughs> you know, because we we were shooting seven, eight, nine, ten at the same time. Right. So while we we're, I was prepping for that big scene because we had like you know attacking the carriage scene, right? To to get to kill yep. Jacob, and yep. then we had those guys happening. Then we had to. The clashing, and then we had all the the uh, the hit scene. Then we had the laundry scene. So then I had to go shoot uh, Olivia uh, getting almost assassinated. So I was shooting that while 
<clears throat> we'd choreographed everything and I had a great team. My guys are fantastic. And so they were, I said, listen, I need this, 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 need this, this. So they start going at it. They're going, they're going, going. I come back, no, 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 no. I go back, shoot. I come back, give them breaks. No, 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 change it, change it, change it. Okay, great. Shoot that, shoot that, okay, great. Go away. So then I would create vignettes, right? What's going to happen here, 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 here. And then I would have like, okay, so we have, uh, let's say we have 20 fights, okay? 20 attacking fights, 20 this and like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set this up over here. This is going to be fight number one, two, three. So all my Irishmen will know fights like one, three, five, seven, 12, 18. All my, my Asian stuntmen would know like two, four, you know, they, they know the other side to it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we'd have to uh, switch watch them around. So they would have to know both sides of all the fights then. Yeah. So then yeah. I can go, okay, we're going to go over here, down this street over here. Let me look at the street. Uh, okay, I have this, this, this. Okay, I have this push. And so you can improvise, say, put them through this. Take that out, put them over here. Okay, great. And do fights one, five, six, three, two, one here. And they would just kind of come like, okay, great. Uh, well, next street. And while this was shooting, you know, Danny Gordon was on the other the other side, and I had to run over there while they're setting this up. And then, okay, Danny's like, so this fight's here. This is uh, the back to back with Joan and and uh, and uh, and Andrew. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> well, the camera's over here. Move over here. Do this. Okay, great. Ready and go. Shoot it. Okay, good. The reason we're gonna set this one up. I'm gonna run back to the other side. We're gonna do that side over there. <laughs> Okay, go. Okay, we're back to Denny. Okay, Denny, what are we doing? Okay, we're doing this off shot over here. Okay, great. Now we're going to do the clash. We're going to clash over here. And while we're doing this, we're setting up the fight inside with uh, with Hoon and uh, and uh, the big Asian dude. I forget his name. His name's Steve, but I forget his two. Two. Okay, set that up over there. Okay, while that's going on, we got to go outside over. Set this up over here. And meanwhile, this is all also going on with people speaking multiple languages. And <laughs> I'm just like tired listening to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So when seven and eight were finally done, and then it was just nine and ten, but nine and ten in its own was was massive. Yeah. Um, with the two nunchuck fights, and then the clash, and then the, the, the three Chinatown streets, and then I go uh, direct a little Chinese girl to be not scared but yeah. scared. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, it was cool. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, well, we're the Chinatown street. What are we gonna do over here? Ah, let me see. Ah, let's break this. Let's do this over there. Okay, great. Pick the guys, okay, we're doing number five, three, two, two, and slamash you here. Okay, great. Oh, we're doing, and then just kind of go. The guys are really good at improvising too. Uh, the side guys, uh, they're, they're just fantastic. So they <clears throat> they made it look good. I just usually just set up the template. So this happens here, here, here. You come here, come here. You come here, come here. And because they know both sides of the fight, they just kind of do it, <clears throat> both sides. And then and then they improvise with, uh, with other things if we had to, you know, like smash the guy's head open or. You know, uh, putting this guy through the window. Or... Yeah, kind of that's amazing. Wow. I have to cool. tell you that that Olivia's fights was seriously. It was just terrifying. It was so personal and so up close, which we were not used to with her. You know, she was always in control, and to watch that control be destroyed and for it to be so brutal, it it was a lot like. It was a lot like the fight that Alin Sumerwada had in the beginning of Strike Back against, um, what's his name there, Kelsey, <laughs> the assassin guy. It was so. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It was so. It's brutal. Close. It's a fight. It's, it's, it's truly feels to the death. I mean, it yeah. was to the death, but like, and a lot of them are, but this one felt like clawing to stay alive. Yeah. You see, that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys said that because 
that was what we were trying to give it. I mean, the fact that she she didn't have this control. She started off as a control. She pulled it out. She went at him. She kicked mm-hmm. him. No problem. And he's like, boom. It didn't affect. She's like, oh, shit. That was the idea. And I'm glad. Some people, like, uh, I think that was the Den of Geeks. They, they kind of um, <clears throat> said something uh, <clears throat> negative towards Olivia's martial arts. I said, Did, are you guys not watching the story? Like, it's... She's not supposed to be a badass martial arts for this. Right. When she has the sword, she's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. deadly. But without that, she's not that equal. Yeah. So I, I really disagree with them there because, you know, she got hit with a hammer. Right. Yeah. And she had her freaking trap sliced well, and I was open. Say, like, even someone who's really good at martial arts, there's a reason why they try to fight at a distance because if they get up close with someone who's very large and is like a boxer, you just can't, right. like, you know, it doesn't matter how fast you are if they can knock you out. You know, yeah, which yeah, is well, why that guys. fight at the end with Assam and Leary is so yeah. fantastic because oh, you know, the, both of them at the top of the game and having to you could see I have to think through this because if if he if I allow him to do this, I'm dead, and or you know, Assam thinking if I let Leary get too close, I'm dead. So, you know, just oh, to not really pick up on the fact that not everyone's equal and even if they are equal on some level everyone has a weakness yeah and well she got caught off guard yeah she, well it didn't really affect the guy and she went to go kick him he didn't do anything and he, and he punched her square in the face and mike tyson said the best everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face right and, you know and he's like jason jason day punches her he's six foot three 245 yeah, pounds which is huge you know right and Brad is six foot one, 280 pounds. So it was just like, and he's hitting you with a sledgehammer. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. We try to keep it real as possible, and mm-hmm. they wanted to be more kung fu-y. Like, I'm like, it, it, it's not, it's not who she was. Kung fu-y. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, and never Sometimes. survives contact with the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, totally. Well, we appreciate you spending so much time with us. I think uh, we'll, we'll end it in an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I got my water, uh, I got my Burger King, I, I just ordered it. I mean, it's like, I'm ready. Thanks, and tune in next week for another Need to Know session at the Crib. Follow us on Twitter at Strike Back Crib. Out.